Welcome to the Sheer Likes Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined remotely, of course, by Torcodin, Heather Steele, and Georgina Plasky. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. How is everybody? What have you guys been reading, watching, listening to? Heather? When I was in the podcast last time, I was saying I was struggling to read, but then we had the bank holiday last weekend and I read a book in a day. So Great. I guess wow. I just needed a day to allow myself. So it's called The Dutch House and it's by Anne Patchett and it came out last year and it's been nominated for the Women's Prize for Fiction. I've had it on my desk probably for about, well, I think it came out in September. So since then, it's quite a heavy hardback. So I haven't been commuting with it. So I was like, now's the perfect time to read it because I haven't got to lug it around. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, as you can tell, because I read it in a day. It's about a brother and sister who live in Philadelphia called Danny and Maeve. And they grow up in this magnificent house called the Dutch house in this town. And their mother disappears when they're young and his dad gets remarried. And they're essentially forced out from the house when they're teenagers. This is in the 70s. And then the whole tale is about the two of them. They can't let go of this house. They're obsessed with it. So every time they meet up, even when they're in their 40s, they always drive outside the house and reminisce over what happened there. And that's how the story sort of unfolds, because it's just revelations to the reader over these meetings in a car outside the Dutch house. But without giving too much away, it's just it's not a mystery, but there is elements of surprise along the way. But it's essentially about a relationship between a brother and sister over the years and it's really really worth reading it sounds brilliant what's the tone is it ever funny is it really dramatic is it scary i guess because it comes up to present day it's just really relatable but also what i liked about it it's all written from danny's perspective so even though it's written by a woman it's narrated through a man and what i really liked about it is that even though danny's this really likable character as he gets older he looks back on certain things and realizes the privilege he had as a man and how he saw situations differently because it never had to affect him because he never had to nurture anyone or you know worry about getting through life just because he had it easier than perhaps other people in the book have so I quite enjoyed his sort of revelations I suppose that it goes through so yeah it's really easy to read it's not sort of intellectual or anything like that it's just gripping and yeah uh, she's written so many books I hadn't read any of her stuff before but yeah this is definitely a good one to start with and it's made me want to read a few more of her older books as well great thanks do everything as well so I just want to go and buy it now honestly it's, it's really worth a read has anybody else got a book to recommend? Yes, I finally finished The Silent Patient by Alex Michaelides. And I think I read it in about four or five days. It is so good. It's the kind of the next Girl on the Train, Gone Girl, that kind of vibe. I feel like over the years, everything's been, you know, touted as the next Gone Girl, the next, even Girl on the Train was the next Gone Girl. Nothing for me has ever quite lived up to the twist in Gone Girl. Does this? Well, I never read those books before. I only saw the films. So to me, this is the first book of this genre that I've really got into. But it's it's brilliant. The twist, I, you just don't see coming. And what is it actually about? It's about a woman who, this is no surprise, she kills mm-hmm. her husband right at the beginning of the book. And then she is silent 
for the next kind of foreseeable future for the next few years. And the story is why she is silent and getting her to speak the truth. Okay. I still really want to read it. I'm is it Heather, have you not read it? No. No, but I wrote a piece on the best thrillers and crime novels to read at the moment because that's what everyone seems to be getting into at the moment. That's, it's good escapism, isn't it? It mm. is. Uh, and that was, again, when I was researching and writing it, I was like, oh, yes, I still need to read that one because it just sounds really gripping. Yeah, it, it's not a difficult read, so try it. It's, it's good. Well, you should check out that feature on the site as well if you want more crime recommendations. Georgina, anything to recommend? So I have watched for the first time SGN, the Some Good News YouTube show going out with John Krasinski. And I haven't watched all of them, but I did watch one at the weekend and it is so heartwarming and it's so ha- lovely and I cried. <laughs> Can you explain what it's about? I've never heard of it. Sorry. Okay, so this was episode seven and it started, I think, in week one in America. So seven weeks ago. And it's John Krasinski with occasional appearances from Emily Blunt, his wife. And it's sharing some of the good news that is going on out there, mainly in America, I suppose. And some of its clips that have been going around online of lovely things that are happening. And this week they showed this guy proposing to his girlfriend in the way that John Krasinski does in the office at a gas station. So they come onto the show, obviously all done through Zoom. And he then holds up a certificate saying that he has just got himself ordained as a minister to marry the couple. Mm. And suddenly all these people, friends and family, start appearing. And then the whole cast of The Office is on the call. And I was just... Presumably they were fans of The Office. Yeah, well, presumably if you propose that way. I would think so, yes. (laughs) So by the end of it, I was just in pieces. Anyway, it's so good. But before that, if you're not a fan of The American Office, before that, there's loads of other just really funny, heartwarming clips and even a very funny bit where he turns to Emma Stone to tell the weather. And she goes goes like, yeah, the weather today is going to be going to be nice. That's so funny <laughs> that yeah, because, because the whole premise funny. is like he's presenting a news show, isn't it? He like puts in a yeah. suit and tie, and he's kind of made it look like a like a studio. Yeah, exactly. I love that. The one I watched, so I think he like that thing with the office. He obviously kind of picks members of the public to do something nice for. So the one I watched, there was a she was like a, a nine year old girl who had tickets in her local town, wherever she was from, somewhere in America, to see Hamilton, and she was so excited. Like all she ever wanted to do was to see Hamilton. She was the biggest Hamilton fan, but then obviously lockdown came into place and she couldn't go anymore and then slowly over the Zoom conversation Lin-Manuel Miranda pops up and then the entire original cast of Hamilton pops up and they sing for her and it's just so I mean I don't think that's a spoiler it's just you know just watch it even I've seen that okay good that's amazing it's so good so I'm with you Georgina it's it's a really uplifting watch isn't it is it all on YouTube then yeah if you just type it into YouTube it comes up all of them come up and I'd heard of it and I kept meaning to watch it and I just hadn't and then this weekend I finally did and yeah it's just good so good it's just lovely well I have a new Netflix series to recommend it's Hollywood interesting which is about this because we were going to write a feature on it but then the reviews were all absolutely terrible so we were like oh maybe we shouldn't okay so this is the new Netflix seven part series from Ryan Murphy who people know uh, was the producer the creator of Glee um, and then he also did The Politician last year which was you new know, that series with Gwyneth Paltrow and Ben Platt that we loved last year so this is his latest I, he was given some absurd like 30 series deal with Netflix wasn't he to yeah. kind of just go ahead and create whatever he wanted
wanted to create. So it is his reimagining of Hollywood in the post-war era. So the point at which Hollywood glamour kind of was reaching its fever pitch. So it's the kind of Vivian Lee era of Hollywood. And it follows four up-and-coming writers, actors and directors who are kind of in their mid-twenties, you know, kind of dreams of Hollywood in their eyes. And it also follows the heads of a studio, you know, a kind of universal type studio. But what's different about it is, as I said, it was his reimagining. So he's kind of rewritten what Hollywood looked like in those days, mainly in regards to race and homophobia. So he's basically taken, it's not a spoiler, so, so Laura Harrier, who is a black actress, plays one of the lead roles. She plays a young actress trying to get a leading role in Hollywood. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that that this show is about what would have happened had a studio taken a young black girl and cast her in a role. It's a romanticised version of how that happened. And then the same kind of applies to out gay men. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so without giving too much away, it's kind of rose-tinted view of how Hollywood might have been had more progressive individuals been involved at that point. I'll talk about the positives first and then the negatives. It is completely beautiful. Like the most visually, like the politician was, it is, it is just perfect. There is big budget for this show like it speaks volumes like the costumes are stunning and it just perfectly captures all that kind of glamour and sophistication that you associate with um, Hollywood in the 40s and the cast is incredible Patty Lapone plays one of the leading characters and also Holland Taylor so it's not just this kind of cast of bright young things there are some real um, impressive veterans in the mix as well and the story is fun and silly and there's good acting and it's romantic and you get invested so kind of that's all the good thing oh one thing I forgot as well is Jim Parsons is in it from the Big Bang Theory and he is brilliant oh, yeah. he plays a real snaky character and, and quite a few of the characters are based on people who did exist so he plays an agent called Henry Wilson who if you google having watched it he does a remarkable impression likeness of him and um, so yeah, brilliant cast and beautiful to look at. It's incredibly silly because not only would the things that happen never have happened in 1940s Hollywood, they kind of don't really still happen in 2020 Hollywood. You know, there's still a lack of representation. There's still not enough diversity. Still the industry you know, does not shine enough light on people from minority backgrounds or of different sexual persuasions, whatever it may be. So you're kind of watching it thinking, well, this is all very well and good, but like this doesn't even really happen now, let alone then. So it kind of goes beyond the point of, of reason. And I'm guessing that's why it had terrible reviews because it's just a bit never going to happen but it's a lovely watch nice. when well, you um saw the bad reviews what were they kind of pinpointing what were they focusing on i think they thought like it was just a bit jumbled and a bit long and didn't really make a point and the, the point that he was trying to make through what charlotte's just said like just didn't hit hard enough i think i think they, they were saying that the premise was really good and he but he could have gone a lot further with it i suppose mm-hmm. fair it sounds but, good i'm gonna give it a go yeah i do i'm not sure if, the, if he was trying to make a point that hollywood should be more like this now it was unclear and i guess that's what the reviews are pointing out you know what his statement was other than yeah. just trying to kind of rewrite history i think um, it's that style over substance like you said like it looked beautiful and it's got an amazing looking cast etc mm-hmm. but it just didn't it could have like made yeah. a really amazing point but just that's it quite it's a, exactly it's like a surface level attack yeah. on something without really going much deeper but yeah. as i say you know if you put that to one side it's a very enjoyable watch actually yeah. very bingeable so yes mm. i recommend it 
I watched a really good documentary on Amazon Prime the other day called mm. Skid Row Marathon. Has anyone seen it? No, what's no. that? It's really random. I feel Amazon Prime isn't easy to navigate as, as Netflix. And I just saw this and I just saw some people running on the kind of the picture. And I was like, oh, that looks like a good documentary. It's the most amazing story. It's about a guy called Craig Mitchell, who in retrospect reminds me a bit of Sandy Cohen from the OC. He's a bit of a kind of, he is a judge. He's that kind of character, like he's out to help everyone. And he joins forces with a homeless shelter. And there's also lots of addicts and people who've just come out of prison there. And he starts a long distance run club with these people from the shelter. So there's, yeah, there's addicts, homeless people who've just come out of prison. And, you know, these people have a lot of issues and he gets them through it all with running and he takes them across the world doing the most amazing marathons. And it is so, so good. Even if you're not into running, it's the most amazing story of how this man is just out to help people. And it's just amazing. I really recommend it. Did you say it's a one part, just a one off? Yeah, it's like it's an hour and a half, so it's mm-hmm. really kind of watchable. Yeah, Amazon Prime, that one. I think it's Amazon good. Prime is better than Netflix. I've said this a million times. I think it's <laughs> better selection. It's different. It's different. Yeah, it is. Let's talk about interiors now. I don't know about the rest of you, but I feel like I've got it on the brain at the moment. There's always spending a bit more time in our houses, I suppose. That's probably why, isn't it? Georgina, you do a monthly roundup on what's new in interiors every month. Um, so I thought it'd be nice for you to talk through some of your picks for May. So here to us, what were your highlights? Well, it was quite extraordinary, actually, the number of new launches and new things that are out. We couldn't put in everything we wanted to. There's just so much. And there's a lot that has been going on that's a kind of response to the situation. So a story we added in right at the last minute was called Design Havens for Heroes. And an interior designer called Francesca Rowan Plowden set this up only two weeks ago and has got top interior designers such as Kate Guinness, Fiona Duke, Henry Credo, Julia Alexander, big brands like Colfax and Fowler, Little Green Paint Company, Farrah and Ball, Neptune. And basically what they're doing is they are going to create rooms for as a thank you for NHS workers. So they get nominated, they get to choose a room in their home. And then these companies and these incredible interior designers, which frankly are out of reach for most of us, will go in once lockdown's over and completely transform a room. So wow. if you go to Instagram, design havens for heroes, and you know someone who you think should be nominated, then I think this is just an incredible gift. I love, I love that. That's mm. amazing. And, and do they get to choose which room they have to? Because I'm just yeah. thinking, what's this? I mean, sensibly, you just do, you get your kitchen done, right? Because that's the most expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think you want to go kitchen or lounge, yeah, don't you? I think so. Um, yeah, I think you can choose the room. I'm not sure you get a whole kitchen. But okay. <laughs> um, yeah, a thank you room makeover for NHS workers. Love and, that. Um, what a great initiative. And so good. And then Wickerwood as well have got a capsule collection based on the rainbows that all the children across the world have been drawing and putting in their windows. So Wickerwood is known for their really bright, colourful fabrics and gorgeous trimmings. And they've got this special capsule collection where 25% of proceeds goes to NHS Charities Together campaign to support the staff and patients. And another one was Partnership Editions. They've launched a series of free virtual masterclasses with some of the artists that they represent. So you can go and sit down and learn how to draw like Venetia Perry or someone or Jessica Yolen Kay and how to make the most of your own sketchbook how to draw the rooms in your home. There are some really incredible things. And another one, there's just so many, another one was Kit and Grace and the florists. So they grow their flowers in a farm where a lot of them end up going to Heckfield Place, the Hampshire-based hotel, which is obviously not open at the moment. So 
they are creating two different arrangements that both go out weekly. And they're £60 with £5 from every bunch being donated to NHS. Um, I feel like florists, kind of not more than other businesses, people have adapted so well, but florists have obviously had to adapt, particularly for new events florists or people like Kit and Grayson who supply hotels. And I feel like so many, I feel so excited by the amount of fabulous florists. It used to be that if I wanted like a bunch delivered to home, there were kind of the boxed versions, which are great, but you don't necessarily need if you're just going to be at home. Or it was flower box, which are beautiful, but you know, I quite like a kind of rustic, eclectic bouquet. I found so many amazing new brands pop up over the last like four weeks. Can I give a shout out to a few actually? There's one called Bloom, which is B L U M E uh, flowers. She is, she's a wedding or you know, events florist. So but she's based in Earlsfield. Actually, she kindly came all the way to me, but good to know for those South Londoners. And she does like the most beautiful kind. They're all at the moment, she's got a kind of a really gorgeous range of peonies and, and they're like ice cream colours like all kind of bright yellows and pinks and, and really lovely and there's also the Lady Garden as well who again very similar style but I think they're kind of more east way as well so there's loads of great florists out there these days I'm very excited about it and the other one that I love that my well I call her my sister-in-law but she's not yeah my sister-in-law India at the India edit she sent me the most gorgeous bunch of flowers from Gloria oh. Gloria Studio oh I've one. seen the India no I haven't but I've seen India get her flowers from there and they look beautiful they are so so mm-hmm. so pretty and what I love about them is they're never they're not the kind of flowers I would usually go for they're really rustic and just yeah. so pretty I think they might do M25 delivery as well okay um, there you go. another good name to know yeah uh, really good sorry Georgina that was a massive tangent but it's true <laughs> it's nice to give a shout out to some smaller companies isn't it so there's also a host of new launches I love these plates by Letitia Rouget yeah so very gorgeous name and she does lots of beautiful ceramics in fact we've just done an interview with Lucy Barlow the interior designer and she talks about her as one of her go-to ceramicists so she's got loads of playful fun sorry I'm just looking at her website sorry to interrupt they're so nice these plates Oh, they're so gorgeous. Wow. She does beautiful artwork. She does really lovely cards as well. So if you want to have a kind of cheeky, fun birthday card, but if you're feeling more flush, then she's obviously got some gorgeous vases and plates as well. And they're just lovely. And again, she's done a special edition that is going to NHS charities with a whopping 50%, actually, which is really quite a big Wow, donation. good for her. Yeah. Yeah. And another way, you were saying earlier about how much we're thinking about interiors because we're inside. There's a beautiful book out called Happy Inside, uh, which we've put on as well. And I'm probably going to say this wrong, but it's by Michelle O'Goodhine. And it's all about making the most of what you have and enjoying the space that you live in, whether it's owned or rented, large or small, whatever your budget is. And there's lots of practical advice. And it's really thinking about enjoying what you have rather than looking around your home and thinking about what you don't have and what you need to get. It's about kind of really harnessing what you already have and making the most of it as well like that. oh that sounds that good I need to get involved yeah. the way. and Heather being in a new flat have you made lots of new purchases uh, no. <laughs> I'd love to, but yeah, obviously, because we have just moved somewhere, just haven't got any money at the moment. So I'm looking at loads of things, but yeah, hopefully that'll be something that happens in the long term. Heather, on your vlog for Sherlock's this week, which those who haven't seen it must check out ASAP, it's on the Sherlock's Instagram account. You were showing your newly painted bedroom. Prosthetic arm, was that the name of the Prosthet- paint? Yeah, it's called Prosthetic Limb. So yeah, oh, that's it. Uh, yeah. We went back in January in Lewis, which is a town near where I live, 
there's this shop called Marks and Son and it's this guy called Simon who used to live in London and he had a shop or like a section in Liberty but he's now got his own paint shop yeah in Lewis so basically he's just like really creative with a bit of a mad genius and has just got loads of funny ideas and we went in and his sort of approach to paint is like just do what you want and don't listen to anybody else don't even listen to me and just kind of go for your like initial sort of if you're like oh those paints are nice he's like just do it sort of Mm. thing so yeah, we've ended up with prosthetic limb in the bedroom, which is a sort of pinky, purpley colour. It's cool. I love it. It's so warm and cosy. I thought it was such a nice colour. I think what was good was because I wanted a pinkish bedroom, but I didn't think my boyfriend would be up for it because we went there and it was called prosthetic limb. Like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> so fun. <clever. laughs> and now it's actually on so the wall. Clever. So I'm like, you've got a pink bedroom. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. But he does like it, so that's good. Okay. But um, yeah, so basically paint is, yeah, the thing, I suppose, in any sort of, whether you're just doing a place up or, you know, you've been there for years, paint's the one thing that it's not, for what you get out of it, it's not actually that expensive. So I think it's worth mm-hmm. kind yeah. of mm. There's um, one other story in the new in page for interiors this month is about Lick Home. I loved and the branding for that. that looks it's yeah, so great. It's so smart. What, I've what seen it all over Instagram. Yeah, yeah, they've got a big campaign going at the moment. They've just launched recently. But what they've also got is if you want a sample, instead of getting a sample pot and having to paint it in patches on different places, they send you pieces of paper in that colour. So you just Very hold cool. it up and stick it on your wall. You can move it around according to the light, you know, time of day, electric light, whatever it is. I mean, so simple, but so clever. So simple and just so much easier to post out people, sheets of paper with the colour on than sending out heavy samples. So clever. So Polly, um, our fashion assistant, had a consultation with Lick. So they are doing, uh, I I believe, Zoom consultations at the moment. Yeah, they're doing online things. Yeah, exactly. So she um, joined up with a lady called uh, Natasha Bradley, who basically gave her a whole room consultation, looked at her space, um, and then came away and kind of mapped out not only the colours that it should be, but also kind of what other furniture she should include. Um, So have a look. Polly's got saved on her... I'm just looking at her Instagram feed. She's got a home saved story. So have a look at that for more information because, again, Lick, another company getting quite creative in the time of lockdown. I'm going to throw you all a bit of a curveball here because I didn't tell you we talk about this, but I feel like my Instagram saved feeds or like the amount of interior designers or interior feeds that I'm following at the moment has, again, kind of increased exponentially. So are there any interiors accounts that you're loving right now? Heather, oh my God. Also, <laughs> we haven't even discussed the fact that Heather... Is back on Instagram. Hey, welcome yeah. back, Heather. Welcome. It's been two and a half years. How are you finding it? Are you using it? So yeah, I restarted it on Saturday when the vlog went live. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, well, what's my first post going to be? Like, I feel like the <laughs> pressure, and I haven't really taken any photos recently. So no, that is on my list for this week. But. I guess for now, I'm still sort of following the people I was following before. So I'm just kind of enjoying seeing all my friends pop up, basically. But yeah, once this week of work's over next weekend, I'm going to definitely just go through all our old features, basically, and just kind of follow every interior's account going. Yeah. And everyone in the office, because, yeah, I need to follow all of you. You've got some catching up to do. I've got a lot (laughs) of catching up to do. You do. Cora, I'll come to you first. Who... Are you following just one name will do uh, for great interiors right now? So it's probably a bit basic, but Matilda Goad. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just really pretty and quite kind of accessible. And just something about it I love. I love the colours. I love the shapes. 
yeah I love all of it and I want to buy everything in my house I just want some new lampshades is that okay yeah, they're the best oh. she does a really nice um I think it's monthly newsletter called Matilda Mail and she does a really clever thing so I'm just looking at the one I just searched my inbox and it's back from March um but she basically takes like one theme and then makes a whole email about it so the theme of this one was frames and it's like she kind of breaks out everything you need to know about frames so it's where to find London's best picture framers and she does like a little black book and then oh, she okay. does oh yeah and then it's like full of inspo <laughs> for like different ideas so she's got different like rules and tips for making your frames look good and then she's got recommendations for places to part to buy like great art and great pictures so do you see what I mean she kind of picks an interior theme and runs with it and it's just lovely really kind of in-depth um, analysis of, of a trend which is just oh, I great I really that. recommend it so she's great following Georgina who are you following so what I've just discovered that I love is by Gloria Gonzalez so she has no. got a whopping 60.8 thousand followers which is quite big um so it's home decor interiors and some things I love and it's all really lovely kind of lots of pattern lots of color very cheering at the moment and it's quite eclectic some of it's things that she's spotted some of it's things she's created so what I love about this feed is it opens up other feeds to you rather than it just being one person's pictures and fall into um, such a hole that way yeah I mean completely and then suddenly you come off and you've got you've sort of followed 100 new accounts in about Mm -hmm. 10 minutes but (laughs) it is really really beautiful and she's definitely got the eye for lots of things so yeah it's beautiful lots of pattern and lots of kind of real craftsmanship the kind of people that she's looking for a small bespoke yeah it's really really good I'm gonna follow her thanks so one that I have just become obsessed with is a lady called Tamsin Johnson she is based in Australia and she's got a kind of Hamptons Ralph Lauren kind of outdoorsy aesthetic and it's just a kind of gorgeous curation of kind of it's not too perfect so there's a lot of kind of studies with books kind of spilling off the shelves and kind of wide open doors with swimming pools out back and so but not that makes it sound really like unattainable but it's actually not it's full of kind of lots of wicker furniture and blue and white linens and stuff and it's just a kind of lovely warm escapist interiors and then the <laughs> other account uh, that I have to recommend she's not actually an interiors account at all she's more of a um, kind of a lifestyle blogger but her name is Olive Cook she had one of the best weddings one of the most Instagram weddings I've ever seen that sounds like a criticism it's not it's so beautiful she's an Australian Instagrammer and is like the epitome of Aussie kind of barefoot sandy beaches super tanned Aussie blonde and her <laughs> husband um, have just renovated a home on the beach somewhere in Oz and it is so fucking beautiful like mm. literally <laughs> like this this perfect outdoor kind of space I actually can't follow this account it makes me feel it's depressing it's I know, depressing. I know. Yeah. like why do we live in London but she's got these yeah there's big floors and these floor to ceiling windows with these and it's not even like god this is such a kind of I mean, I'm sure it's not cheap, but you know, it's not like a house that you look at and you're like, whoa, this is some billionaire's home. It's a glimpse into what it must look like to live in a a hot climate. Wow. And it's lovely. I love her wedding dress as well. Oh my God. Everything about her wedding is insane. She's just the best to follow for like general life inspo. Another nice interiors one as well, which is also very cheerful and uplifting, is um, Louise Rowe Home. Oh yeah. Her home's beautiful. And then she's just relocated um, back to England to the kind of a big country house, I think, having been in LA for ages. So the house, I think, the sort of stuff she's posting, which is obviously her inspo, it's like her mood board, really, because she hasn't done the house yet, seems to be taking all the best of kind of British lovely tradition and um, florals and patterns, but merging it with that really interesting American aesthetic um, where they use a lot of pattern and colour as well. 
but in a really kind of fresh, modern way, a sort of different way to the way that English use it. So it's quite interesting, I think, to watch what she does. That sounds so up my street. I'm going to check that out there. She did a home tour. I want to say like Coverter or someone, maybe like eight to 10 years ago of her LA home. And there's an image of her study, which I have pinned like on my kind of Pinterest home account, which you know when like a picture will always be like your home inspo. And it was a home study with two big, they were kind of slim air and style swimming pool pictures. And she had a kind of textured wall and it was just, it was just perfect. So I really rate her interiors taste i'm gonna have a look at that well sorry i feel like we went off on a massive tangent there but if you do want to have a look at the feature about new interiors drops then check it out on the site okay let's talk about food now we did food maths my favorite i wonder if we'll ever do a food maths that i don't bring up on the podcast <laughs> about tortilla wraps which particularly spoke to me they are a real staple in our home so clearly our fab contributor put together some recipes including old el paso tortilla wraps disclaimer there are lots of different types of wraps out there one that in particular uh, caught my attention was an easy ice cream tortilla she put green and black vanilla ice cream um, strawberries, banana, and cinnamon into a wrap toy tour. You're pulling a face, not up your street. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds a bit funky. Not oh my God, and then she <laughs> baked it. She baked it in melted butter and sugar. Oh, How can you bake ice cream? Like, like, maybe that I... goes on at the end. The oh, ice cream yeah. goes on yeah. at the end. The ice cream, the ice cream. Become a bit more like a pancake. Like a pancake. Yeah, exactly. I'd never thought to have done that though, so it's inventive at least. Exactly, yeah. my thoughts and actually, exactly. Actually, that takes me back to a demonstration I went to with gnocchi where they gently fried gnocchi and sprinkled on sugar and cinnamon and it tastes like a donut. Ooh, oh, no. what's a great idea. <laughs> so it's a That is so idea, clever. So Sorry, so hang on. You can yeah, you could just buy normal gnocchi. Gnocchi's kind of flavourless, isn't it? It's just potato. It yeah, is. and actually, it's so much better to pan for a gnocchi than boil it. It is. It's so much. You get this lovely yeah, little crispy, crispy. And then it's mm. basically like having. It's really nice in a salad missoise instead of potatoes. If you don't want to wait twenty minutes for potatoes, oh my god, you watch out! Wow. So <laughs> Why have I never thought to do that? There we go. Do you know, I was actually having a conversation with somebody yesterday saying I don't use enough gnocchi. Now I will. Now, now you've well, just given us a whole lot of inspo. Back to tortilla wraps. I want to know how you use yours. I've talked about my fish tacos a million times, but what other inventive uses does everybody have for tortilla wraps? So yesterday I actually had one for lunch and it was a case of just using it and using all the random leftovers I had. But it actually was really nice. So yeah, it was um, tortilla wraps with... Some of those merchant gourmet lentils. So I just sort of heated those up with some red wine vinegar and then had hot smoked salmon, natural yogurt, lemon juice and beetroot. It was genuinely like, right, it's half one. We don't really have any food. We can't go outside right now. So uh, let's have that. And it actually worked really well. It was really tasty. And do you always heat up your tortilla wraps? Because I feel like that's the key. Yes, definitely. Otherwise, they're just, especially if the pack's already been open, they're just Mm. really sort of stale. But yeah, Mm. just heat them up. Perfect. Talk, what about you? You know what? I'm not actually the biggest fan of tortilla wraps. Mm. Like, I'll eat them, but they're not something I buy on the reg at all. Interesting. Um, and actually, if I do use them, I do make fish tacos with loads of coriander, loads of garlic, loads of mm. avo, mm. bit of maybe some cod, some prawns. Yeah. I think it needs something sweet in there. My biggest thing is having like pineapple or like okay, something. Yeah. It needs something sweet mm. to cut through the fish. Mm. So Otherwise, it doesn't taste like, like proper tacos. Neat. Yeah, I'd make a little spicy sauce with some fat free good yogurt and a bit of sriracha or some spicy yes, sauce. Yes. Yeah. Nice. If I'm doing 
doing fish tacos like that, I will cook the fish in Chipotle to give it that kind of nice. flavor. Exactly. Georgina, what about you? Are you a tortilla wrap family? I feel like they're probably quite useful if you've got kids. I, they're just brilliant. It's either that or pitta in the house all the time. And again, I'm, I'm definitely with Heather. Just chuck anything in. I think mm-hmm. you don't need to kind of overthink it too much. But what I do love to do is to get my wrap with a griddle pan, just put it on the griddle pan, fill half of it with ham and cheese. This is great for kids oh, nice. as well. Yeah. And then just fold it over and then with a the fish slice, kind of squash it down mm. and it becomes a bit more like a panini. Um, yes. So we have that a lot at lunch. If, um, especially if you don't want like the whole bread of a mm. toasty. It's kind of like a lighter toasty. Or I love to put in marinated if you buy prawns that are already kind of pre-marinated and cooked in chili and coriander mm. and shove those in with a bit of avocado, a bit of iceberg lettuce, I'll put in flaffles. I'll just anything yeah. really. Yeah, they are super, mm. so aren't they? I love them for breakfast. I'll often do a, like a scrambled egg, almost like a Mexican burrito, but without kind of all the black beans. Yesterday I actually had one with scrambled eggs with feta and mushrooms and avo and that works so well like, it's kind of like a bit like a tablecloth just to kind of mop up with yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, so when you put scrambled eggs in are you eating this like with your hands or is this a well, I thought I, I, no you can do it with hands you have to kind of roll I think the key like like anything with a tortilla wrap is to put all your filling down the middle and then you roll it in you like you know you swaddle the food yeah. and then I cut it then I fold in the ends and cut it in half and actually yeah. it, you have to eat from the open end yeah first that's that's my top tip <laughs> and it does work with scrambled eggs um we often use them as well to make pizzas like pizzas in yeah. inverted commas we do that quite a lot and literally just with like a tomato sauce and then a bit like you have the kind of whatever's going in the fridge i haven't thought of that does it grab mm. does the topping stay on it though you have to pre-bake bake i mean put in the oven for a minute your wrap otherwise then it does get really soggy so you don't do it cold put it in the oven so it goes like a little bit warm and hard then put your base on and then put it onto the grill. That's mm. my tip. Because um, it would be really unhealthy. You can uh, make your own nachos with them as well by cutting them into Doritos. Oh, that's Shapes cool. and yes. frying them. Like and actually, our biggest food takeaway, we talked about this a lot from lockdown, has been pitta chips because we have we literally live in, I don't know why I've never made them before but pitta is another staple that we've been having um, in the fridge the whole time and exactly that Heather we cut them into corners drizzle and the second second only to pitta chips has been garlic olive oil in our list of things that we can't live without post lockdown so drizzle the pitta kind of corners with that bit of salt and pepper in the oven for literally five minutes we have them every single lunchtime delicious yeah, yeah, really good. Yum. Okay, well, for more inspo for how to use tortilla wraps and have a look at the feature on the site, let's finish by talking about healthy snacks. Don't know about anybody else, but I am snacking pretty much constantly uh, at the moment. I feel like this podcast is probably the longest I've gone without snacking. So we wrote a feature on 13 of the best snacks under 150 calories. So you don't have to feel quite so guilty if you are eating all day. Tor, I'm going to come to you first, Queen of Health. What are your favourite healthy snack options? The things I'm snacking on now are very different to the snacks I'm snacking on when I'm in the office. Because usually mm-hmm. I'd probably go to Sainsbury's and get like a naked bar or like a ball or something. Whereas now I feel I'm being a little bit more creative, which is probably much better for me. I think an absolute staple for me in my carbs is I buy pippa nuts by the kilo. So I've just finished another one. And every time I finish, I'm like, oh my God, I've just eaten a kilo of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I do, I do use it in cooking quite a lot, actually. So I, yeah, I think peanut butter or any kind of nut butter is a staple of my snacks. Either with rice cakes, which I know is really boring, but so good with a piece of bread or apple or pear my other really good snack if you want something sweet is a bit of fat-free Greek yogurt 
with stevia and cinnamon and mix it all up and it tastes like ice cream and it's really delicious interesting so i don't know if any of you follow angie smith style who's a massive stylist she's holly willoughby's stylist and she has this recipe that's basically gone viral for a she calls it the fraud shake and it's basically a smoothie that tastes exactly like white chocolate that sounds so I mean, good. I know it's bright green, so I don't, it certainly doesn't look like white chocolate. But it's maybe, basically maybe got, it's a kind of protein powder that tastes like vanilla or something. It's um, she puts mango in it. Oh, I can't find the recipe, but have a stalk of her Instagram um, because it's definitely in there somewhere. And it's all healthy ingredients, but I think it's the mango plus something else that gives it a kind of white chocolatey flavour. So if you're looking Yum. for something that tastes really unhealthy but isn't, check her out. Yeah, I'm always a bit wary of having smoothies for a snack though because I read somewhere once that your body doesn't register liquid calories in the same way as solids. And yes. I always find whenever, whenever I have a smoothie, even if it's packed with like nut butter and protein and banana, it doesn't fill me up in the same mm. way that like a pussy yeah, bread and solid. Yeah, I do agree. With yeah, that. so that does sound good. Check it out. Do you care about calories when it comes to snacks, or what are you, are you looking for? High protein to fill you up. What is your kind of priority? For me, it's not calories. It's definitely um, protein. Definitely snacks, especially because that's mm-hmm. what you need to fill you up. And it's just a tidy over. You don't need anything more than if you're looking at it about 200, 250 mm-hmm. calories. But yeah, protein is and- the one for me. So does that mean that you are somebody who would have like half a boiled egg and some spinach or like some people snack on kind of plain almonds, plain chicken, don't they? Do you do that or not really? I mean, I don't because I can't be asked to boil an egg at three o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. But again, in an ideal world, yeah, I would. Yeah. Much a bit of chicken. Yeah. Oh, so healthy tour. <laughs> Georgina, what about you? What are, God, you must feel like you are constantly providing snacks right now. Well, the big bumper, I think they call it a drum of Haribo's is my go-to snack. <laughs> oh, I know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do my kids for those. Um, so we've got, we've got extremities here. Yeah. I mean, I've got to, I'm going to put my hands up and say my breakfast, lunch and dinner are super healthy. I really kind of think about protein and carbs and veg and rainbow on the plate and all of that stuff. When it comes to snacks, I just can't be asked. Those rules are totally out the window for me. For me, a snack is all about a self-indulgent treat. It's a pick-me-up. It's definitely not something I think about calories at all. But having said that, I do find myself drawn to things like those packs of munchy seeds. Or, oh, yeah, I like Or those. I do yeah, actually those. really love almonds. And I definitely have a handful of almonds over smoothie. Because for me, it's about the feeling of crunching and mm. tasting. Yeah, and texture. Bit, um, masticate, masticating. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> said the right M word there. Uh, it's about that. Because that to me is, is really part of the experience of having a snack. I need that satisfaction of mm. crunching. Whereas I would never have a smoothie for a snack. Um, but I would for breakfast. But one thing I do make with Gwyneth Paltrow's bummer bars, and they are so, so good, and they're full of lots of good things. But I think you're meant to have kind of small cubes because you put it in the fridge. Mm. Whereas in my household, we tend to cut whole slices. So it's meant to probably last ages and it goes quite quickly. But all that you put in it is cashews, dates, maple syrup, almond butter, you blitz it, you put it in the fridge for about six hours. Oh, you that get it out. Real. Oh my god, it's amazing. And then you melt dark chocolate with a little bit of coconut oil and you put that on the top for like oh. maybe half a centimetre along the top. So you then put it back in the fridge for another couple of hours. And then when you get it out, it's like, oh God, it's heaven. It's that sweet, unreal. it's chewy. It takes quite a long time to chew it, so you really get all that. The thing that I want from the <laughs> mastication, the saliva's pumping. It's just gorgeous. That's so um, it's from her book. It's all good, which is really old now. Oh, I have that book. It's so good. So look it up. There's two recipes on the page, and I think one's called Candy Bar and one's called Bummer Bar. And I'm pretty sure we're making the Bummer Bar. 
I guess also, if you know, if you've got cravings for something sweet, then at least you know that everything going in there is natural. It might exactly. not be yeah. slimming, but it's natural at least. Oh, it's definitely not slimming, but no. yeah, it's all right with Gwyneth. It's definitely all right. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Exactly. Heather, what are you snacking on at the moment? Are you more in um, a tour camp or a Georgina? I bloody love crisps, but I suppose... You know, like when you're in the office and it's like three, four o'clock and you're like, oh, actually, I'm quite hungry. Like, it's so easy to just nip over to the shop and get a bag of crisps, whereas you can't do that now. So it means that when I am doing my online shopping, I'm deliberately not buying stuff like that. I'm just trying to eat things more like hippies. And, you know, like those lentil crisps, just basically healthier versions Mm. rather than like a massive bag of Doritos or something. But I've also just been eating like loads of olives as well. Yeah, I usually, me too, me too. I usually want to snack about four or five o'clock, I suppose. So yeah, that seems a good time to start mm. eating And what those. I've been um, having with a drink as, as well, just to swap for crisps, are those giant crunchy corns. Oh, I love them. Oh, I love yeah. them. Oh, that's oh, so good. They are addictive. Mm. Actually, there you really get that, like the mastication. Yes, we do. Crunchy. They're delicious. The M&S ones are so good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Everyone's banged on about those before and I yeah. still have that's um, similarly Georgina I always think these always make me think of you as those um, the M&S Serrano ham oh, and yeah. crisps oh they are so good I'm sure that we've drifted far away from healthy snack territory <laughs> now but they are so they just do these little bags and they are like crisps but they're just they're like air fried pieces of Serrano ham oh my god they are jerky's healthy so isn't it could it be jerky like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's heavy I mean god packed with protein and um, sounds like if it's Serrano ham packed with salt to give you a heart attack yeah, I mean, it is the saltiest pack you of anything you'll ever eat. Mm. I feel like I've descended into chaos health-wise over this period. Like, similarly to you, Georgina, I can do kind of healthy, balanced meals, but I'm just so hungry and food is so accessible. And I'm also, like, stocking the house in a way that I never normally do. So we have... It's the crisps and the tzatziki for me, which are both so delicious and so fattening. And you guys know I'm not somebody who normally is kind of stressed about what I eat in terms of weight, but I probably should be at this point because, the, you know, the MS own brand, Salt and Vinegar Crisps, you know which ones I mean? They've got a blue They're very good. bag yeah. Yeah. and that with some tzatziki. The thing is, at the moment about being healthy though, I think we really, I actually eat those foods because I enjoy eating them. I'm not eating mm. them because I'm conscious about trying to be healthy. Oh God, no, I know that. Like and on the weekend, I'll happily have a bottle of wine to myself and a, pack, and a huge bag of crisps. So totally. I think it's about what makes you feel good. So I think that you you naturally enjoy eating loads of vegetables and protein. Like you you've always liked eating that way. Whereas my natural inclination is like Domino's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's just about I, what you yeah. what you naturally like. Yeah, I have to make an effort to eat healthily mm. and like plan meals so that mm. they're not just like cheese and carbs. Yeah. And I think lunches are the hardest sometimes for that because you do kind of scoop up the leftovers or you reach something really quick. What's everyone having for lunch after this? I don't know, lunchtime actually found not that difficult because we just make a big salad, which actually for me, I, I struggle the most with lunches at work. I always am like, oh my God, it's 1.30, I'm starving, hungry, what the hell am I going to eat that is healthy and nutritious? And I end up just kind of having a soup and then being starving at three o'clock. Whereas now we're just making big salad, like yesterday yeah. I made a, a big salad with, and, and you can make a dressing and I know that sounds so minor, mm, but yeah. being able to make, so literally just, I've been using garlic oil, pomegranate molasses, salt and pepper. And just drenching all my, yeah. my kind of salad ingredients with that. And it really works. 
That's not yeah. so nice. So my mm. on the opposite of that, because I've got kids at home, they're used to kind of walking down to the school dining room and having yeah. a full, yes. you know, cottage pie with yeah. vegetables and garlic bread on the side. And all this stuff. <laughs> they kind of look yeah. at me like, what's the lunch? And I'm thinking, well, I'd love a really nice salad with a pomegranate yeah. dressing, but actually we're going to have cheddar sandwiches. Mm. It's why I feel I'm having kind of, but not the lunch as I really want. It's almost like the kind of, nursery food lunches yeah, yeah I get that I you're having to kind of dumb it down a bit yeah I can't do two so I envy you that. yes I have said that has been a lovely perk actually kind of being able to throw together lunches in that way at all what have you been eating for lunch for lunch I tend to just eat a ton of leftovers I love making a big bowl of whatever I've got in the fridge so like maybe put like a bit of like a buddha bowl style kind of thing yeah. so on the bottom with some veg might just kind of like lightly steam some greens and then like I always have some kind of grains so at the moment I've got like a quinoa and roast veg salad so a bit of that a bit of like some leftover protein I've got. I always got some nice dressings, like bits in a bowl. Yeah, agreed. Heather? Yeah, I've been trying to do a lot more of that because I think that like you, Charlotte, because we are here now. Yeah, I'm making not more elaborate lunches because I'm not like spending an hour making lunch. But yeah, just because you've got more facilities here and access to an oven and grill, etc. Exactly. Yeah, just, you know, yeah, like you say, like steaming veg, usually some quinoa or lentils or something always a massive dollop of natural yogurt and some lemon juice so yeah trying to be yeah more healthy at lunch and then try and enjoy dinner a bit more because so that's something to look forward to at the end of the day so maybe have something like yeah a big bowl of pasta for dinner but you don't feel so bad because you've had like a boiled egg for breakfast and salad for lunch exactly I made a risotto for dinner last night it was very indulgent very delicious you guys Um, are all in I just want to ask because you guys are all in lockdown situations with your other halves yeah just in two (laughs) Is there a fair division of labour in the kitchen or are you kind of, is one doing more? Have you discovered skills you didn't know you had? We basically, it's not for any reason other than I love cooking. So I've just always in before and now just, yeah, take on all of the cooking and like meal planning. But then my other half does all of the washing up and laundry. So it kind of, it feels like a fair split because I don't like washing up. So Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it can be a bit frustrating when you're like, oh, God, it's on me again to work Mm. out what we're having for lunch. But, you know, I'd rather have it that way around than uh, doing all the washing up. So, yeah, I'm quite Mm. happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, we are word for word the same. Uh, And also he's like completely anal about, you know, clearing up and the way it looks. And I don't care about that. So (laughs) which suits me very nicely. (laughs) Yeah, I do all the cooking in our house. Breakfast and lunch, we kind of do our own thing. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. not going to like sit there and make him a sandwich. Mm. Um, (laughs) And we eat at different times, keep to our own routines. But yeah, dinner is always me um i do all the food shops and all the cooking and all the mm. washing washing up all that kind of thing i usually do the lot <laughs> yeah it's not fair in this house i can tell you that <laughs> oh. <laughs> georgina i hope your husband's pitching in yeah actually yeah he's good and i've got the kids occasionally well my daughter Ooh, more, um, yeah. she uh, likes to cook the odd thing that's nice yours presumably are just old enough that you can kind of be giving them chores and stuff to kind of they should be helping out yeah right? well as uh, anyone who knows from last week on our instagram i have still don't have a dishwasher so oh, yes. the thing is, they've been doing their, they've been doing a lot of washing up. Good. So, which, Good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you, Heather. I like to cook and then yeah. I just like to walk out the kitchen and leave it. Exactly. You know, I'm a tidy cook. I, I clean as I go. Um, I know I'm not. It depends. Oh. I think it's the last minute stuff. Mm. So then it looks like a bomb site afterwards. But yeah, I'm every pan. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I can't cope with that. Why? Yeah, if you're not the one clearing up, who cares? <laughs> Bye then. See you in an hour. <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, I think we We'll leave it there. If you have any feedback at all, please do email podcast at shilux.com. We love hearing from you. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Bye-bye.
Remember more, improve your focus, and multitask better. Hum is a brain sharpener that helps you do all three. Hum's wearable boosts your working memory and will be available in late 2021. Sign up to be notified when Hum launches and to learn more about the science behind Hum at thinkhum.com. That's thinkhumm.com. Hum is designed for healthy adults and should not be used if you're pregnant, have cognitive impairment, implanted devices, or a history of seizures. The Hum patch is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. To learn more, go to thinkhum.com. Com.